0: Old Virginia smoke O V S. Old Virginia smoke O V S. Old Virginia smoke O V S. Old Virginia smoke. Old Virginia. My name is Luke Darnell, pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke Barbecue, and I'm here to tell you about my new online class available at BarbecueChamps.com. This is a 100% tell-all competition barbecue class from yours truly available online. It is a masterclass with 34 high-definition tell-all online competition barbecue videos that can be watched anytime and they do not expire. They are packed full of pro tips, techniques, and recipes that will show you how to take your barbecue to the next level. These 34 barbecue cooking videos total seven hours and will show you everything that you need to take your competition cooking to a level that you never thought was possible. We've already heard from several teams that have bought our classes and have already seen success and gotten their first calls. So this is something that brings me a lot of joy in sharing my knowledge and seeing people be successful with it. So are you ready to take your competition and backyard cooking to the next level? What are you waiting for? Just go ahead and go to BarbecueChamps.com and find Luke Darnell, Old Virginia Smoke. We hope you learn a lot and enjoy these videos and have as much fun cooking these recipes as we had making them. This podcast is brought to you by barbecuedata.com. Barbecuedata.com is your one stop shop for all of your barbecue competition data, historical data, calls, wins, placements, everything under one roof. It's a great way not only to track yourself in the standings, but also to track how you improve your scores from year to year. Listeners of this podcast can receive 20% off of a new subscription to barbecuedata.com with the code PITPOD. That's one word, all capital letters, P-I-T-P-O-D, PITPOD. So check your team scores, check on others, and do it all on barbecuedata.com. Hello, welcome to another episode of Pitmaster, and Old Virginia Smoke podcast. My name is Luke Darnell, host of the podcast and Pitmaster of Old Virginia Smoke. And I'm here with my ABC and 123, Brian Corbett from Smoke and Scullies. How you doing, bud? Doing
1: good, Luke. How about you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. We, I just completed what I like to call my spring training for barbecue. Oh. (laughs) And you were a big part of that. This was the third weekend that I cooked in a row, and we went down to Mission Farms in Iron Station, North Carolina, which if it sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere, it is. I mean, we're not that far from Charlotte, so. Uh, But beautiful venue. have to give it up to Lee and his family that uh, put on the event they did a great job it was didn't start out the best for me but we made it work and got it there so lots of fun lots of fun
1: it was a ton of fun to be honest and uh and and you're right an absolutely beautiful venue it's where lee and jenny shank it's actually their home and lee's club for his business but it's also a wedding venue that I think his wife, Jenny kind of runs. I mean, just a gorgeous, gorgeous venue. They built to host weddings and I'm sure they do other kind of corporate parties overlooking this beautiful pasture area with a pond. And it's, it's good. It's nice. It was, it's a really beautiful venue.
0: Yeah. And got to cook on my old jambo, which I sold roughly four months ago. (laughs) (laughs) George Demars and Brian Turner made sure it was there. And, Got to give old girl a spin and we were in a, so Brian and I were in an interesting setup situation and that we were underneath this basically lean to against this building with a bunch of farm equipment and then spaces for both of us to cook. So we were cooking side by side, jambo, jambo and outlaw sitting pretty much parallel to each other and had a absolutely fantastic time cooking.
1: Had a wonderful time. That's the second year in a row I've been able to cook in that same under that lean to shelter thing. And it's it's quite nice, especially this time of the year when the wind blows in February. It might come up a little rain shower and you don't have to worry about popping up a tent or it blowing away or anything. It's it's nice. You just unhook the cooker, take your tool with tables out, and done. So <laughs> it was good. It's all it's always fun time cooking beside old Virginia Smoke. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> And you've actually become quite the master of cooking in a very pop-up, very, I'm going to go with minimalist setup. And I have tried to take a lot of lessons and cues from what you do, and you've got it down to an art. I still bring a ton of stuff compared to what you bring. But I think if I get this cool toolbox that you have, that might consolidate a lot of that.
1: Yeah, you know, the Craftsman toolbox that I call it comp in a box. If I can't fit it in that box and in my, I got a bus fan that I carry like my injector bottles and my trays and whatever. If I can't fit it in that Craftsman box and that that bus fan, it does not need to come to a cook off to me. And honestly, that Craftsman box is, is actually too big for what I need. But I, it wasn't always that way. You know, my son plays travel soccer. You and I have talked about that quite a bit. And so I don't have the luxury that I had years ago of typically showing up on Thursday and leaving Sunday morning and making a a three-night ordeal out of it where I could literally bring, because I had a fifth-wheel camper or whatever, and just have all my stuff in there and, and more stuff than I needed. Well, when I had to kind of speed how I cook up as far as arriving on Friday and leaving out a lot of times on Saturdays, when you try to load up all the stuff that was in the camper into a truck, it becomes exceedingly difficult. But it's funny because Brian Turner calls me a minimalist too when it comes to cooking and, and, and honestly, it's helped me become more consistent in my cooking because I quite literally bring what I need. And I am terrible if somebody gives me a shaker or a rub that I've never seen or tried at a contest. It's I think it's actually impossible. I don't have the willpower to not try it at that contest, and so I literally bring what I use. And if people come, people come over there and they go, "Hey, man, do you have any of this? Do you have any of that?" And I go, "Not here. I might <laughs> <laughs> at home, but not here."
0: That's funny because it's the same way with. I mean, even when we have the trailer, that's the same for us. We do not carry anything extra, which I've always wondered why we didn't just because in case something were to go wrong, which happened to us two weeks ago in Haines city where I'm um, Davenport, Florida. I had driven all the way down there and I had two containers of our chicken sauce and opened the one up that I had brought to Davenport and water had gotten into it in the cooler. Oh, wow. And so I was there stuck trying to make a sauce out of nothing <laughs> with stuff that I had or could borrow. And, Obviously, that didn't sit well with little general or the judges. So that was a lesson learned in terms of when you're traveling that far for a contest, make sure you're taking care of the things that you cannot readily replace.
1: Uh, Well, if you're going to mix the sauces like that and put them in a cooler and travel, just an idea, you can always take that little container and put it in a vacuum seal bag and and just seal the bag up. You know, water's not going to get in that. If, if the jar leaks, it's all going to be contained in the sealed-up bag anyway. But yeah, I, I can leak. see where that would be a problem. And you know, using as fuel products as I use, you 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 washed it all weekend. I don't use very many products. It's it's easy for me to run a checklist before a contest and goes this, 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 and I'll you know I'll reach number nine or ten, and that's she's got her wrapped up. So. <laughs> or, um, Case in point this weekend, what I was talking about, I had some new products on my table that I had not even opened before. And on the fly, I was like, I'm going to use these on ribs. And you were like, just like that? Oh, yep, We're going to run it. Now did not score very well. Made a fantastic eating rib, but I don't know. I don't know that I would run that profile again, at least in the manner with which I tried this weekend.
0: It tasted wonderful. Both fantastic. As I told you at the time, I said, that's, that's a Fred McGriff rib. That's either going to hit a home run or strike out.
1: That's exactly right.
0: (laughs) But that's, you know, when I was thinking about this podcast, there were several, several cool things that happened. Well, cool and telling things that happened when we were cooking next to each other this weekend, because we were very open about what we were doing you and i don't have any secrets really anyway Mm -hmm. and you know we're cooking and we're doing our thing and you know i tried something a little bit different with my fire you were just kicking the rust off and doing a damn good job of it first contest out of the gate and it was just fun going back and forth and trading our food and seeing how how different things were how similar they were especially since we did this pretty close to the same time last year Mm -hmm. and and then and then we got to the third category (laughs) we got to the pork category so just to give a rundown of how it went like i actually finally cooked a good piece of chicken this year and I was very excited to give it to Brian, and Brian confirmed that it was good. I had Brian's chicken, it was completely different than mine, and I was like, "Hmm, this will be pretty telling whenever we get to awards." And I got fourth place chicken, and I'm sitting there going, "Cool." And then Brian wins chicken, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, that's that's interesting because of how different they were." We've already discussed Brian's rib; it was. A little bit different. It was, I'd eat it all day. I'd eat a rack and a half of those. My rib was, I. it was good, not great. Finished 13th, kind of got what it deserved. But then, then we get to the third category. And pork has always been my nemesis. And actually, the last time I think the two of us were on this podcast together, we talked about how taking your weak meat and making it your best meat.
1: We did. That was in November. We were talking about kind of assessing your year, how you improve going into the next year. So, yeah, we discussed strengthening your weakest category. I think it's fair to say, based on this weekend results, neither one of us did that, at least at this context.
0: <laughs> no, and I actually have three weeks of data to confirm that not only – have I taken my worst meat and not improved it, but I've actually gotten worse at it. And I, I, I was calling it the pork yips and I got the yips in pork, but I think more appropriately is I have the pork shanks. <laughs>
1: yeah. I like that. The pork shanks. Yeah. And awesome. was,
0: yeah. So I was trying some different things that, you know, I had. Gleaned from some sources and watched other people do and just wanted to try them out. And man, it is gone awry. And we have spent a lot of time talking about this over the past 72 hours, actually. And it's, it's been telling to see, you know, I was doing things out of my comfort zone and doing things that I normally don't do. And you even recognized it during the cook. Yep. You were watching me with pork on the board, and I'll let you tell it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I'm not going to go into great detail, but where we started, I think we started working on our pork almost the exact same minute after Riff turned in. And I kind of got my stuff going, got my stuff over here, you know, back in Maju and, you know, getting ready to get my box ready and, I look over and I see Luke, and he's got these beautiful money muscle slices on his board. And he's just sitting there with a, a whole bowl of paint and he's just brushing away, brushing away, brushing away. And I get my the parts I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna make sure I put the box on my board and do my sauce and rubs and different stuff and organize. And I go okay here, and I build my box. And I look over look, and he's still just brushing away, brushing away, brushing away. <laughs> I had, fortunately, Lynn Brown was there to run my boxes this weekend, so I showed the box, cleaned it up, handed it to her, she goes, and here's Luke, just uh, brushing away and brushing away. And I thought, man, he's either really on to something, or he it's so bad, he's trying to brush it until it just completely goes away. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. And and then he builds his box, and he and he. His, he had a, a guy there running his boxes as well and hands me a piece and I hand him a piece of my pool and
0: you know, and that's I'm going to stop there,
1: but that's one
0: was good and one was not.
1: I think I would, I would, I would make that statement.
0: Yes. One was yes. good and one was not. And, 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 and folks, this is my favorite part of this whole story. So I take the brisket out, slice it, I just look over at Brian and just stare at him like, "Uh uh-huh, like these are this is good, you know. Mm -hmm. And Brian looks at me and goes, do not screw that up. (laughs) (laughs) And little did I know that he was referring back to what he just witnessed in Pork and witnessed somebody who was, number one, not confident in what they were doing, and number two, not committed to what they were doing, and number three, just way overthinking something.
1: The tenderness on your pork was really good. It, there was some, there was something with the taste, and you and I talked about it. I just, I didn't care for, it and I think it got judged accordingly. Yeah, uh, you know, and that's not knocking anything. We all need this conversation, right? But right. I knew when I saw you slice that brisket, and I've, I've seen you slice brisket before, and and, and we we you and I, have cooked a ton of briskets, and so you know when you've got one, you know, mm-hmm. you, you know when you've got one that and. When you sliced that brisket and you picked up the first slice without slicing the second one, I was like, "Oh man, he that's a, that's a plus there." And then I was sitting here going, "Man, I don't really want to screw him up, but I don't want him to screw that up like he just did that pork, you
0: know."
1: <laughs> and that's why I was like, "Don't screw that up, don't <laughs> screw you, that just up, just get that in the box. Don't screw that up." <laughs> <You
0: know>? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, oh man, yeah. So didn't screw it up. It finished seventh. Which I was probably a little bit too demonstrative at awards and shook my head kind of like, I thought it deserved better than that. But hey, good score in that crowd, seventh.
1: I mean, that was a strong field. They have small field, but strong field. And and yes, it finished seventh. Personally, I think that was a a top five brisket all day. I could see that brisket winning. It was that good. But that's also the difference in table, the four tables. Right. You put it on a different table and. I don't know if you won the table or not. I'm assuming you did, but, did uh, but worse, you know, but I think okay. you actually get a better score at a different table at the same yeah. time. Just, it's just how that goes, but you also could have got a lower score. So anytime you finish in the top 10 or especially top five, right. kind of blessings. I mean, we've all turned down what we thought was first place meat and you finish fourth and it's hard not to be disappointed. Once you have a hundred cooks under your belt, you know what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you did all you could to uh, put it in the hands of others.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, sure. we had a great time. We both had pretty pretty good results. Brian was fifth overall, I believe, or fourth? Four. Brian was fourth overall. I was ninth overall, which might very well be my highest showing ever in western North Carolina. Never have traditionally done well in that part of the country. And i'll take it you know after after a couple a couple rough weeks in florida with different things going wrong different days and trying some different stuff out just to see where we are it works but and you know but we both have lots of things to move forward with in terms Uh of you know successes and things that we need to work on Mm -hmm. so i go back to my pork shanks my yips and Had a lot of time on the way home to think about this. I drove home, started leaving right after awards, and got a little stomach problem on the way home, so had to pull over and spend the night. So I had all day, or all afternoon, Saturday, all night, Saturday night into Sunday, and then Sunday morning driving, thinking about pork and thinking about why this is such a problem. And, you know talk to you extensively about it. Talk to Kim extensively about it. And the messages are pretty clear. You know, number one, it's not like I've been terrible at it forever. So find something that you used to do that works. And it wasn't that long ago that it worked. A lot of people would say, why don't you take your own class on barbecue champs Academy? And <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe there's something to that. And but I want to touch on some advice that you gave me, which was do something that you're going to be confident in and do it and have the confidence right and that's that's something I've been thinking a lot about
1: and that's that's the same thought process I've had this week on on ribs because it wasn't that long ago I was a good rib cook. I scored well, and I've gone a rise somewhere, and when I said that to you, it was almost as if I was talking to the man in the mirror. I think we were, both, we were both driving, and I was talking through a process with I think my pork, and I was like, I don't know why I don't do this or this or this or that, and ribs and this and trying this, and then and you were talking about pork, and and I and I made that statement. You need to come up with something that that's yours that you got confident in that you can run like riding a bicycle, and and be confident in it, turn it in and go. And it was like I was talking to the man in the mirror, you know, with me about ribs mm-hmm. and. In our two weakest categories, this weekend, and it's happened more than just this weekend. We each were calling audibles on the fly, you know, in those in those categories. And I think it's just because it gets in your head, and you you do. I mean, you called audibles as you were processing your, you know, yeah. you went you went back to the smoker, you know, multiple <laughs> multiple times with with different pieces of, play. and sometimes that's necessary. Don't get me wrong. So just because your plan or your program may not have that doesn't mean that there's a there's one contest where you may have to call an audible to fix it, to make it that little bit better. If it's if it's gonna be bland and tough, you might as well throw something at it and see what happens. But but your port was the tenderness was perfect and the porky flavor itself was nice, and then the other stuff is what what I think changed it. But
0: a lot of human error.
1: lot of human error and that's where i was on ribs too so when i said that it was was me talking to the man in the mirror i just happened to have a good (laughs) friend.
0: yeah so steps moving forward i've got a bunch of pork to cook this week for some catering that i have coming up so i will be trimming huh what's a beautiful opportunity to practice It i'll be trimming a bunch of those (laughs) down into what i feel like i've come up with and Buddy, let me tell you, I got home Sunday and was watching Liverpool soccer match Mm -hmm. and I went and got my stack of notes. I mean, stack of notes from all the classes that I've ever taken and just started going through them and reading everything that I could about pork and doneness and tenderness and injections and rubs and wraps and you know, and all just kind of. And this is going to sound terrible, but it all just kind of clicked into what I was doing early last year Mm -hmm. and, or a variation of that Mm -hmm. and eliminating some of the stuff in there that, you know, number one, it's not me. Number two, I don't like the taste of it. So why am I doing it? And there's no confidence in that when you, when you don't have that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, what's going to happen this week. We're going to be doing some, Couple of practice runs through and just see if we can get this right. Get this ship turned around here in a few weeks.
1: Well, the good news is you're a good enough cook to understand and recognize that and make those adjustments and get better, you know, and you're a good enough cook this weekend with your practice. If you, if you run some of those butts and run your practice timeline, recipe, injection, everything, you'll know when you get to the end product. Yeah. This is it. This is it. You know, this is what I want. This is this. And I can, and your next cook will go into it with like no questions, no on the fly adjustments, no looking over <laughs> at this bottle of juice or shaker of that and go, mm-hmm. I'll try it. Somebody else told me to try it. I'll try it. You're not going to do that. You're going to stick to the plan.
0: You know, are saying that now
1: <laughs> oh, we're saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably so just wait for me to get a bunch of free rubbing sauces. People could just bring me stuff. They know, oh, he might try it on the fly and mess his stuff up. <laughs> <It> may <not>. happen.
0: <laughs> you got a plan for ribs?
1: I do, actually. I do. I did basically what you did. I went through, you know, my notes in my phone and, you know, some, I've got a couple of old notebooks and it's, people think that what worked Maybe ten years ago when you took some sort of a class won't work now. They say the barbecue, you know, we've all heard it. It's changed, it's changed, it's changed. And and in some respects it has, but there's still a lot of that old stuff that and I say old, but people are using them right now. You know. Oh, absolutely. People are still using butcher's injection or cosmos or the you know, blues hot or guns hot or whatever. And it just it still works, and and you just have to come up with a plan. But and so I was I, w- I kind of did the same thing you did. I went through all of my notes and my thought processes, and looked at some side notes that I had made on what I thought about this class, and maybe what I thought, you know, the if it's perfect here, or the, and I've got a plan, and I've got two cases of re-ups on order, and next weekend I'm probably going to have some very happy friends. <laughs>
0: And that's the way to do it. It is. Get it back and try it out. Yeah. So overall, fantastic weekend, a lot of learning, a lot of fun, Mm a lot of giving each other shit.
1: (laughs) That was, (laughs) that was, that was so many laughs. I I think slide and roses, those guys over there and some of the other ones, I think they spent their weekend watching us a whole lot because it was just a, it was a ball of fun. A lot, lot of fun. Henry Jones and those guys did one killer potluck on friday night now, i'm not a, typically a huge potluck fan but man that the shrimp wait i bet we ate three pounds a piece
0: i hate i hate potlucks um, yeah i can't stand them they're normally gut bombs right and this one man yeah henry knocked it out of the park with the <laughs> low country boil which also i normally despise and hate and that one was I mean, they dumped out all these shrimp, and they were so perfectly seasoned and cooked, and we just uh-huh. sat there. Everyone was standing around, and they dumped out all these shrimp. You can't do that, in a room full of fat guys. I mean, we we all attacked it like a bunch of piranhas, and somebody just threw a goldfish in the tank. It was like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a great potluck. Uh, George DeMar, actually, it was his first, his first organizing event, if I'm not mistaken. I think George did a fantastic job. You know, Noel K was there with Brian Stewart. They, they were the KCBS reps. If that was their first rep duo together, you know, they they've all you know shadowed and teamed up, and so it was nice having those guys there. They did a fantastic job. Noel organized this event last year, so I'm sure that was a comfort thing for George to have him there. Yeah. And, and then Alan Rothrock was there, which I'm sure gave a little bit of comfort to Noel and Brian of having a seasoned seasoned rep on hand. You know, it, it was just, it was a beautiful teamwork amongst everybody, the host, the organizers, the reps, the teams. It was just a, it, it flowed well.
0: It did. And I mean, it's a contest and the devil spot in North Carolina that I will find hard to keep off of my calendar. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun, great time. Enjoyed the atmosphere that we cooked in. It was really cool. And got some stuff to work on, you know. So moving forward, I'm excited. I'm going to try and develop some confidence in that category this week and we'll, we'll get her done.
1: And the rest of the country can look out if you do.
0: <laughs> we'll see. Something else will fall off. That's how barbecue works.
1: If it was simple and easy and if everything tasted the exact same, we all wouldn't be doing it, you know. That's the you know the good thing about our chicken like my chicken was good and your chicken was very good and even though I finished first and you finished fourth or fifth or whatever that doesn't necessarily mean that mine was better than yours it, it score wise it does but and the the beautiful part is we had two we had both thighs but they were two completely different chickens yeah. and that's I hear a lot of people they say everybody's just cooking the same stuff and turning it in And I'm like no they're not not close. No, you know, and that was a that was a good example of that. You could still have and get judged fairly for it not tasting the same. Right. You know, one versus the other. Because I'm sure first to fourth we were probably less than two points apart. You know, I did not even I have not looked, but I bet you we were less than two points apart.
0: And I'm pretty sure we were on the same table. Okay. Because well, I don't know. I was gonna judge that on turn ins, but because you were in really early in the window and then I went super early too. Mm-hmm. I was going to try and pull it up on KCBS here real quick, but it's not letting me log in. Wish there was an easy way to find this on here.
1: Yeah. chicken, We were 1.2 points apart. We were on the same table. Right. I finished first on the table. You finished second. And we were 1.2 parts, two points away from each other. And the, the beauty of that is, like I just said a while ago, we did not have the same chicken. We had the no, same no. piece of chicken. If we were both chicken cooking thighs, if we were both on, well, you were not on a stick burner on your chicken, no. but you are on the drum. But, but, there, there, cooking timelines and and everything were not, but so dissimilar. And there were two different, two different types of chicken. My finishing was a little bit different than your finishing. I think that was the biggest difference.
0: And we're mud. Our textures were both different too.
1: Our textures were both different. Yep. And yep. yep. Textures were different. My finishing was different than your finishing. I mean, but it's still only one point two points. That that could easily flip flop next weekend somewhere else,
0: you know. Absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I'm you don't always have have to the, the same as everybody else. Right. I'm always
0: if you're in the top five, you, you could have been first. I mean that's um, just the way it goes.
1: I, I've said it before. I've said it for years. If I'm in the top ten, and especially in chicken where scores are typically pretty tight, I'm nowhere near good enough to tell you how to find that extra two points. Right.
0: <laughs> I don't think anybody and, is, and, and nobody is.
1: And that's my point. Right. Is cut to get in. My goal is to get into the top ten in all four categories, and I I really shoot for the top five, but that becomes that's, you know exceedingly difficult. And if I, because if I'm in the top 10 in all four categories, I'm in the running, you right. know, in the game. that's right. I'm in the game, you know, and that's all I can shoot for is to try to be in the game. You know, I don't want to get a home run in one category and bomb three, you know, I want to hit singles and doubles in all four.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was a great rundown after that, but well, we had a great weekend and both did a lot of learning. So mm-hmm. yeah. what's your next one?
1: I think right now my next one is Urbana, the double in Urbana, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, same here. I love that contest. And I had a Isn't good year last year. Uh <laughs> finished reserve grand champion both days. Lost both days by a point each day. Uh <laughs> but I'm not I'm not good like to find that point. I said a while ago, but uh hopefully I can find that point or at least somebody will lose one <laughs> this year. But that's my that's my next one is that double.
0: Yeah, same, I, as, us. same mm-hmm. as us. Yeah, so I got,
1: I got, a, I got two or three weeks here to kind of iron out a few kinks in the rib, rib armor, and see what we can do.
0: And we, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but we have a plethora of distractions throughout that four day period of that contest.
1: Not aware of any such distractions.
0: That is the first four days of the NCAA tournament. Oh. Yeah. It's never okay. happened before. Okay. Yeah, so I will be pulling in there Thursday as early as I can and getting the TV hooked up outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we're going to
1: have to have that figured out.
0: Right, and my plan is, any of you listening, I'm going to have the TV going. Anybody else wants to bring their TV over and has a source they can hook it to, we have multiple TVs going and I'm going to bring the Gateway Go To and the Blackstone and just keep ripping out food and watching some hoop. We, we got to cook
1: some silver chicken wings,
0: man. Yeah. Right. We got Let's to. do that. Let's yeah. do that. Cool, man. All right. Well, thank you for your time, buddy. It's always, right
1: it's always, Luke, it's always an honor to be on here and I, you know,
0: shop every time you
1: invite me, but I'm glad okay. you.
0: You should stop being shocked. You're, you're basically a co-host at this point. So <laughs> sure you're going to be on a lot more in the future.
1: Well, I hope so. Let's, let's do it again. Sir.
0: All right, guys, keep practicing, keep cooking, check us out, make sure to like, and follow the podcast, make sure to send it around. And also, you know, take my own advice and go watch my own pork pro- <laughs> program on uh, barbecuechampsacademy.com. all right buddy we'll see you in a few weeks thanks Luke have a good one thank you for listening to pitmaster an old virginia smoke podcast be sure to subscribe and like the podcast rate the podcast and to share it out with your friends also be sure to check out the old virginia smoke tiktok as well old virginia smoke one word. That's all you have to search for. It's hilarious. Tune in next week for another great episode of Pitmaster. For companies interested in advertising, please contact Old Virginia Smoke directly via www.oldvirginiasmoke.com. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke podcast is edited by Chris Sedanka. Pitmaster and Old Virginia Smoke podcast is a property of Old Virginia Smoke LLC. Old Virginia Smoke. Old Virginia.